Welcome to Modern Digital Applications, a podcast for corporate decision makers and executives looking to create or extend their digital business with the help of modern applications, processes, and software strategy. Now welcome your host, a recognized industry thought leader in cloud computing and published author, bringing over 30 years of experience, Lee Acheson. Welcome to the inaugural episode of Modern Digital Applications. Very glad you're listening, and I hope you'll find this podcast informative and helpful. My goal is to keep the episodes short so they can be consumed during a single morning average commute trip to work. Please let me know how I am doing and what I can do to improve. Well, let's get started. In this episode, we will begin a three-part series on service tiers and how they can be used to prevent disasters in applications using service-based architectures. We'll also take a look at Amazon S3 and the history of SaaS. All of this in this episode of Modern Digital Applications. And now our main story on Modern Digital Applications. Bringing down an entire application is easy. All it takes is the failure of a single service and the entire set of services that make up the application can come crashing down like a house of cards. Just one minor error from a non-critical service can be disastrous to the entire application. There are, of course, many ways to prevent dependent services from failing. However, adding extra resiliency in non-critical services also adds cost and complexity, and sometimes that extra cost is really not needed. For example, what if a service, let's call it service A, is consuming another service, let's call it service B, So service A is consuming service B. If the called to service, service B, is not critical to the operation of the calling service, service A, then why should service A fail if service B has a problem? Surely we we should be able to build service A so that it can survive the failure of service B. And if service B is not critical to the functioning of service A, Does service B need to have the same level of resiliency that service A does? No, of course not. As we build our dependency map between each of our services and the services they depend on, we will find that some of the dependencies are critical dependencies, and some of them are non-critical dependencies. How do we determine which dependencies are critical and which are not critical? One important tool for making this determination is to use something called service tiers. What are service tiers? Well, a service tier is simply a label associated with a service, with every service in our system, that indicates how critical a given service is to the operation of your business. Service tiers let you distinguish between services that are mission critical and those that are useful and helpful but not essential. Service tiers can be used to determine whether the interaction between dependent services is a critical dependency or a non-critical dependency. Service tiers are a great way to help you prioritize where and how you invest in making your services and their dependencies more resilient. This allows you to build higher scaled applications that are much more highly available for the same amount of effort. To see how this works, let's take a look at the various service tier labels 
and how you can determine which label to apply to which services. Assigning service tiers. All services in your system, no matter how big or how small, should be assigned a service tier. In the model of service tiers that I use and recommend, there are four distinct tiers, four distinct levels, if you will, that allow you to specify the criticalness of a service. Let's talk about each of these four levels. The highest level is Tier 1. Tier 1 services are the most critical services in your system. A service is considered Tier 1 if a failure of that service will result in a significant impact to customers or to the company's bottom line. Let me repeat that. A service is Tier 1 if a failure of that service will result in a significant impact to customers or to the company's bottom line. Significant impact to customers or significant impact to the company's bottom line business. If a service can impact either one of those, then it's a tier one service. Given this definition, what are some examples of tier one services? And the first, the best example is like a login service. This is a service that provides a method for people to log into your application. This is a tier one service because if a customer can't log into your applications, it creates a significant negative impact for your customers. Your customers can't use your application if they can't log into it. Another example of a tier one service is a credit card processing service. This is a service that handles you know, customer payments. If customers are unable to have credit card payments processed, then this would obviously have an impact on your company's bottom line. Inability for customers to place orders and to pay for those orders is a large-scale business impact. Another example is a permission service. This would be a service that tells you what features a given user may have access to. If the permission service is unavailable, then customers won't be able to get access to the features of your application that they want or have access to. Order accepting service. This would be the service that lets customers actually go through the purchase pipeline and the checkout process to purchase a product on your website. Obviously, if customers can't purchase the products they want, that impacts not only your bottom line, but it impacts the customer experience. A failure of a tier one service is a serious concern to your company. In all, there are four service tiers that we have specified. Tier one, as we discussed above, is used for the most critical of your services. The remaining three tiers, tier two, three, and four, are for progressively lower priority services. In our next episode, we will be talking about each of these other service tier levels and what they mean. After we have defined the four tiers, we will discuss how we can utilize service tiers to make your applications better, more reliable, more available, and for less money. If you want to learn about service tiers, you can read about them in my book, Architecting for Scale, or in my article published in the Newstack titled, How Service Tiers Can Help Avoid Microservice Disasters. Links to both of these sources is available in the show notes. This is Tech Tappers, little bits of tech here on modern digital applications. Amazon S3, a highly durable, highly available file object storage mechanism in the cloud. This service is the go-to service for most companies that want to store huge quantities of data in the cloud or for long-term persistent object storage. S3 was designed with the goals of being highly available, highly durable, 
and highly scalable. The design goal for availability is 99.99% for nines. With the durability of objects at 99.9999999, that's 11 nines. How available? The four nines availability translates to a total of 52 minutes of downtime per year. How durable? The 11 nines durability means that if every man, woman, and child in the world had an object in S3, then Amazon would lose at most one of those objects once approximately every 15 years. These are amazing goals, and it's one of the reasons S3 has such a great reputation as a high-quality object storage system. S3 was one of three initial AWS services and was a big part of AWS's early success. When did software as a service start? Well, that depends on what you really mean by that term. Depending on how you define SaaS, the answer is either the early 1960s or somewhere around 2005. Back in the early days of computing, all applications ran on a centralized computer. Users accessed the computers remotely, initially via punch cards and later via remote terminals. The central nature of the application is, by a true definition, software as a service. But the modern definition of software as a service is tied much more closely with cloud computing. SaaS nowadays refers to software running centrally, typically in a public or a private cloud environment, and is shared among multiple users. A thin client of some sort, either a web browser or a thin mobile application, is used to front the centralized application. From a business model standpoint, users don't typically buy SaaS software. Instead, they'll rent or lease access to it with monthly or annual fees. Alternatively, the service could be free and supported by advertising or other monetization processes. This is the heart of the business model for social media, for example. So, SaaS is an old term that has been given new meaning in recent years, but it's the recent definition that has really changed the way people think and build software today. Thank you for listening to Modern Digital Applications with Lee Acheson. Lee helps executives keep up with industry trends and best practices in cloud computing, application scaling, DevOps, and applications modernization. In order to stay in front of disruptive influencers, subscribe to this podcast to ensure you get each new episode as it's available. Visit mdacast.com for all the resources and publications from Lee and his team. Thank you for tuning in to today's show.